Hello and welcome to Animations and Libations. My name is CJ, and today I'm going to be sketching Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, the movie. For those of you who listened to our other Clone High Snowflake Day special, you'll know how appalled I was when Cam said she had never heard of this song. So I figured I wanted to release a quick sketch about this silly movie to spread the word. But before I get into it, I want to share my drink of the day. I chose a double chocolate cranberry stout called Winter Beard. And if you go on our Instagram to look at the picture, you will know why I picked this. I was walking through the liquor store, and as soon as I saw this box, I was like, I have to have that. I didn't know what for, I've been saving it for a special occasion, and the time is finally right. It's this crazy, grizzly-looking character with a giant silver beard all over the box, and it reminds me of Santa, or a lumberjack, you know, one or the other. Anyways, that's what I'm enjoying with today's episode, and if you want to, I'd suggest picking up this drink or another of your favorites and watching Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, but as you do, play a little drinking game. Take a drink every time they mention the fact that this grandmother is, in fact, run over by reindeer, either verbatim or just implied, because I kept a little loose tally, and they mention verbatim Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer no less than ten times, and they allude to it more than a dozen. So if you can't stand this silly song, but you want to know what I'm talking about, that'll really help you get through this 50-minute made-for-TV movie. Moving on to a bit of the history of this song. It first came out in 1979 and was written by Randy Brooks. Over the years, dozens of different groups and bands have covered this song, and that's why, to me, it's a holiday tradition. I worked a lot of retail when I was younger, so I was always happy to have a break from all those traditional carols. This one used to make me laugh. At least it was something different. Now, the movie version came out in 2000 on October 31st. Talk about rushing the holidays. You're literally releasing this movie about Christmas on Halloween Day? WB, what were you thinking? Anyways, the premise is exactly what you think it is. It's all about this grandmother getting run down by Santa Claus on New Year's Eve. Her grandson sees this happen, but no one will believe him, except for his grandpa. For the movie, they had to expand this plot a little bit, and you learn a bit more about these characters. For example, Grandma owns a Christmas shop, and it runs all year round. It's so popular, and all the people love her, and she understands what the holidays are all about. She will loan things or give things away on credit because it's about celebrating the holidays, not about becoming rich. She's already rich because she has her family. She has everything she needs. We are introduced to Cousin Mel, though. She is obviously the antagonist in this movie. She wants to get rich. She even says enough is never enough. She wants fortune. She wants glory. She wants Grandma to sell this silly shop to the richest guy in town. But Grandma will never let this place go, especially since her grandson Jake loves it so very, very much. They gave him a name in this one, and his last name is Spankenheimer? Why? When you could make up anything in the world, would you pick Spankenheimer for his last name? It's about as creative as the town they live in, which is called Cityville. I mean, I don't think these people were trying at all. So as much as I love this song, 
I am going to be ripping this silly special apart. Whatever. The guy who wants to buy the store is Austin Bucks. Again, really stretching the imagination here. And he owns the Onal Corporation. This guy has pretty much bought up the rest of the town. The only thing he needs is the grandmother's shop. He thinks it's going to be the perfect place for his sleighmobile. He's basically designed this, like, robot Santa sleigh or something. But he is trying to manufacture Christmas. He's taking all the magic out of it. But Cousin Mel just sees dollar signs. So she's going to try and work it so that she can convince the grandmother to sell. Now, the movie opens pretty much the day or two before Christmas. They're all decorating. There's a whole song about Grandma's killer fruitcake and about how there's two types of people in the world, the people who like it and the people who don't. And the grandson, as much as he loves Grandma, is not really a huge fan of this stuff. But he is a fan of Christmas. This kid still firmly, firmly believes Santa is absolutely real, even though the rest of the characters in this will flat out say Santa isn't real. Oh no, he's got a disease. It's the Santa is real-itis or whatever. The cops say it to him. The sister says it to him. The cousin, the parents tell him this stuff. Wow. For a kid's movie, for all these people to be like, Santa isn't real. Santa isn't real. Yikes. Although, Santa makes a cameo later on, so is it one of these movies where, oh, he is real after all? Oh, I'm not going to get into the logic of it here, though, because I could go on a 20-minute rant just about that. Needless to say, because no one believes that Santa is real, when Grandma goes out on Christmas Eve to deliver some of her fruitcakes and gets knocked over, no one believes Jake. You see, Grandma had been drinking too much eggnog. And I love that they allude to drinking in this children's special. In the movie, they try to write it off like she's allergic to eggs, so she hasn't taken her medication and maybe there was some sort of reaction. But in the song, it's way more like, Grandma's off her meds, she's drinking tons of booze, she's staggering out of the house, and bloop, she was hit by this reindeer and the sleigh. Ooh. My whole thing, though, is this happened right outside their house. The kid is freaking out. Oh no, Grandma, Grandma! Wouldn't you just look out your front door? Instead, they're treating him like he's absolutely delusional. Santa's not real. You need to get a grip, kid. Grandma's fine. She went off to this shelter to give out this fruitcake. But still, if your kid is that upset, you're not going to go investigate? She could be right outside. You're not going to open the door. You're not going to placate your kid. That's crazy bad parenting to me. The only person who believes is Grandpa. But the thing is, he has a history of crazy stories. When they're setting up their Christmas tree, they buy an inflatable one. And he talks about the good old days where they cut the tree down themselves. And if you didn't have an axe, you had to use a beaver. And Grandma just pats his shoulder like, Last time you told it, you said it was a woodpecker. So when he backs up Jake's story, they're like, "Uh Uh-huh, okay, it's the delusional kid and the crazy old man. Obviously, none of this is true. Except the next morning, Grandma's still missing. She never showed up at that shelter. She never showed up at the senior's home. And I've got to think, are Grandma and Grandpa living together? If she's living off-site, wouldn't those people have followed up? Why did no one call her to make sure she got home? It's now Christmas morning and you weren't checking in on your elderly mother. And if you think she's so crazy, why did you let her go off alone? If you thought she was so drunk, why weren't you there with her? Why didn't you call her a ride? She's obviously not senile, though, because she was still running this whole company by herself. Ugh, 
Anyways, the next morning, once they can't find her, they have to start searching in earnest. Luckily, Jake has a dog, Doofus, and Doofus is able to sniff out her trail until they find an outline of her in the snow, like a kind of a snow angel, and there's tracks from where the sleigh was and hoof prints, and oh, that could be anyone, except they find her boot and her fruit tin and a note, and they're like, oh, well, okay, maybe it is her. So they end up having to call the police, and they start this search, but this search goes on for months. Pages are flipping by on the calendar, and there is no sign of Grandma. The movie actually picks back up after August has passed, so it's September now, nine months after this woman's gone missing. Have you been following the leads, family? Have you been taking this seriously? No, the only one who's taking this seriously is Cousin Mel, because with Grandma out of the picture, she might finally be able to sell this store. Unfortunately, the deed is still in the grandmother and grandfather's name, and unless she can get Grandpa to sign over the store, there's going to be no sale. Austin Bucks might be rich, he might have his own designs, but he's going to play by the letter of the law. And I respect that. He's not the villain here. It's definitely Cousin Mel. If anything, the other antagonist in this is Mel's lawyer, whose name is I.M. Slime. Come on. I am groaning internally so hard right now, it's ridiculous. Mel immediately forms a plan, though, to woo Grandpa and get him to sign. She takes him out to a fancy restaurant and has dinner with him although he's really the one paying. Now, I mentioned that this song plays multiple times throughout this movie. Well, there are a few other songs as well. The Fruitcake song I mentioned, but then also this one, where when Mel is asking the grandfather to sign, he's like, sing? She's like, no, sign. He's like, I'd rather sing. So all of a sudden, it cuts to like this musical sequence of him singing about how grandma is having the best Christmas ever up in heaven. She's hanging out with Elvis. What? Oh my goodness. What a oh, novel approach to death, sir. Singing and dancing even though you haven't found your wife's body and she could be dead? Wow. That is not how I would react at all to this. He's so distracted, though, that she does get him to sign and gets to go back to Austin Buck's office and do this deal. Jake luckily overhears this, though, and rollerblades into the office and says, No! And tells his story of how, Oh, guess what? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Austin Bucks gives him one week to find his grandmother. He'll hold the sale off for one week. Because, wow, he really is kind of a good guy. He doesn't want to be underhanded when he gets this property. He wants it to be all above board, beyond a suspicion of a doubt. He is a true businessman. And taking legal leaps is not the best approach. So now, Jake really has to buckle down, figure out what he's going to do. The trail has gone cold. There's no hope except, <gasps> what if he writes a letter to Santa? He can cross everything else off his list. All he wants is help finding his grandmother. So he emails him. And he sends the email to santaclaus at santaclausesreal.com. Somehow, though, this works. You see the email going through the power lines to a station, beaming to a satellite, back to the North Pole where it's printed off in this machine, and oh, 
There's elves, and they take the letter directly to Santa Claus, who's dressed in a jogging suit with running shoes on. Well, I guess he's not in formal attire. This is what he'd wear around the house. He is ecstatic. Finally, someone in Cityville that believes in him. Everyone else is all about the fabricated, pre-manufactured lifestyle. He's so happy that one kid understands that the real meaning of Christmas is human kindness, with only a touch of conspicuous consumption. Cheers, guys. Clink, clink. Yeah. In this email, though, Jake attached a picture. And as soon as Santa sees it, he goes, Ha-ha! The mystery of Grandma X is solved! And you see that Grandma has been in the North Pole the whole time. She's there, in a bed, the elves are taking care of her, but she's had amnesia. So she couldn't remember who she was or where she was from. And this brought up a lot of questions for me. Santa is supposed to know everyone in the world. And as soon as his elf, Quincy, Santa's top elf, who flies right seat in the sleigh, mentions the name, Spankenheimer, immediately Santa's brain lights up. He knows exactly who he's talking about. So I wonder... Because this system is so computerized, if Santa has lost that human contact, he would not know someone by sight, but as soon as you say their name, he knows if they're on the naughty or nice list, he knows everything that they've done the past year, so I don't know if he's just reading these lists, or it's downloading into his brain or what, but I thought that was kind of clever of why a mall Santa, I mean the real Santa Claus that goes mall to mall, wouldn't instantly recognize children. He doesn't have time to memorize their faces. He just knows all their stats. Now that they know who she is, Quincy is set on a mission. He goes back to Jake and tells him, Hey, your grandma's up at the North Pole. So Jake just takes off with him, saying to his grandpa, Going to the North Pole, gonna get grandma. He's like, Okay, thanks for telling me. Where's the supervision, people? If you're not trusting these characters, if you think this old man is crazy and this kid is delusional, why are they alone? Why are you not looking after them? Very irresponsible. When they arrive at the North Pole, though, it's a little bit disappointing. Grandma still doesn't recognize him, doesn't know what's going on. But when Jake tells her what's happening with this store and Cousin Mel, she agrees that's not very nice, and she should probably go and do something about it. So they hop in the sleigh, and they head back to the Onal Corporation building. For some reason, Jake goes on up ahead and leaves Quincy down in the sleigh with the reindeer, But they are so hot that they make a break for it and jump in the fountain, leaving Grandma alone. And this is when Cousin Mel and her attorneys spot them. If Grandma's back, this is going to ruin everything. So they abduct her and take her to this cabin just until this deal goes through. Surprisingly enough, though, Austin Bucks believes them. He believes Jake and Santa shows up too, and when Santa can tell him exactly what toys he wanted, he's like, how did you know you are the real Santa? Except, (gasps) well, he's admitted to his crime. He told them what happened, that suddenly his reindeer went nuts and they charged at the grandmother and they knocked her down and she's been in the North Pole the entire time. So Cousin Mel, sensing another opportunity, demands that Santa Claus be arrested. He's kidnapped her. He's assaulted her. Those are crimes, and he's going to pay. And this is where she comes up with the idea of suing Santa Claus. I mean, if he's giving toys to all these children, he must be rich. The lawyer, the attorney, is trying to do some calculations. And she's like, if we send it to 2.5 billion people times what? Like, even just five bucks a gift, how much is that? 
well, over $12 billion. And there are way more than 2.5 billion people on the planet. But they're like, whoa, he must be rich. I think it would be the exact opposite. He's giving away that many toys, but no one's paying Santa Claus. They pay him in cookies. But when they come up with this plan to sue Santa, there's another song. And it's, we're gonna sue the pants off of Santa. And they keep repeating that over and over again. And the end of the movie is basically kind of just this court case. We jump ahead in time. This case has been going on for weeks. We're back in December again, one full year later. Grandma still has amnesia. She's still missing. And the verdict is about to be reached. So once again, Jake is in a panic. He's got to find Grandma. Again! And that's when... He's at home, he's with his grandfather, he's with his sister, and they're like, who would be evil enough to take her? And they're all like, oh, Cousin Mel! Because she doesn't even try to hide how horrible she is. She basically says all this stuff right out loud to everyone's faces. She waves it in their face like, haha, I have power of attorney. I'm gonna sell this building, Grandpa gave me everything. So in one last desperate attempt... Jake goes out with Doofus again, this time following Cousin Mel to the cabin. They use Quincy, the top elf, to throw her off the track and get her out. And they go and try and rescue Grandma. She still doesn't really remember who she is. So Jake decides to bring her back to her store. Maybe all that Christmas stuff will jog her memory. Except, she was in the North Pole in Santa's workshop. If that's not Christmassy enough to spark her memory, wow, I don't think a regular store is going to. But that's when he sees the fruitcake. <gasps> if anything's going to jog her memory, it's that. And when she takes a bite, <gasps> oh, she does. Regular old grandma is back. She remembers everything. And now they have to rush to court. And of course, they waltz in right at the last moment. Grandma's not missing. Santa didn't kidnap her. <gasps> but wait, there's still the charges of the hit and run. But Jake has solved that mystery, too. He compares Grandma's fruitcake to one that Mel made. Earlier on, before Grandma went missing, Mel concocted another plan to get people to stop frequenting the store. She thought if there were no customers, they'd have to close their doors. So she poisoned all these fruitcakes? I mean, not deadly, but enough to make people sick. But the thing that she put in acted as reindeer nip. You know, like catnip? That stuff that makes cats go crazy? Well, this is reindeer nip. And all of a sudden, a reindeer comes charging into the courtroom, running at this fruitcake. And they're like, oh, Santa isn't a negligent driver after all. It was just the crazy reindeer. And the reindeer's like, oh, I couldn't resist. It's the first time the reindeer have talked. And she's like, yeah, oh, sorry. So Santa gets off on that charge, too. And then they skewer Mel. They're like, tell the truth. Tell them what you did. And so Mel has to come clean that... Yes, okay, she did abduct Grandma. Yes, she poisoned these fruitcakes. Yes, she tricked Grandpa into signing these papers. Yes, she was going to sell this business that wasn't hers. She just hates goody-goody Christmas. Okay, now, this woman should immediately be arrested, right? And put in jail. All those charges they were going to lay on Santa Claus should now be on her, right? Do they regret turning in their family like that? Everyone's kind of laughing, but this woman didn't accidentally do these things. She did them on purpose, very maliciously. So that charge should be even harsher than what Santa accidentally was going to get because he wrote a note at the scene of the crime. That note that they found near Grandma's outline said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to take her to the North Pole for some medical attention. You see, they have the best health care in the world. 
free of charge. I think he actually says something like, no ho 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 charge. That seemed a little odd to me. Why is the medical healthcare system so advanced in the North Pole? Are they laughing because it's supposed to be Canada? Other than that, the movie's pretty much over. When they go back outside, Austin Bucks approaches them again and says he wants to make another offer. After all of this, I'm not going to sell. He's like, no, I want to franchise your location. Bring it to every city in the world. He knows a good thing when he sees it. And then guess what starts playing? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. For those of you who don't have love in your heart for this song, I don't think you'd be able to make it through. They play this song three times throughout this show, and they even act it out. So while the song's playing, they're literally repeating the words right after. It's out of control. So in some ways, this is another very traditional Christmas story. Corporate greed, disbelief, family, sharing, coming together, supporting and believing the ones you love. What a beautiful story. I mean, it's mind-numbingly awful in some respects. Super cheesy, totally off-the-wall wacko. But if you want to have a good drinking game, if you want some laughs, if you're looking for something to watch with the family or with a bunch of your buddies as you partake with some conspicuous consumption... You can watch Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Or if you want to hear this whole story in like three and a half minutes, just listen to the song. It's literally all there. The rest of this movie is filler. But now you know what it's all about. Until our next episode, I hope you guys have a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas. If you have any messages for us or any questions or any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at animationsandlibations at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. It's the same name, animationsandlibations. And if you're on Twitter, check out CJ and Cam. It's that easy. Happy holidays, you guys. Clink!